Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What is up, Dolph fans? And welcome into the Wednesday, July the 31st edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the Dolphins get after it in practice number six. We've got plenty of detail on the veritable looks, who shined, who struggled, and a bunch of news to pass along here on today's show. It's a busy one, so I want to jump in before we go position by position and remind you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL, the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter, as voted by Dolphins Twitter, and your go to source for all things Dolphins Training Camp. You can follow the show at Locked On Fins. You can find our daily journals up on lockedondolphins.com and the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On NFL podcast with the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock, the Locked On NFL podcast is your daily national show on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the entire league. We have a busy, busy show for you. Let's go ahead and jump right in. That's another Miami Dolphins Support for today's Locked On Dolphins podcast is brought to you by Bombas. Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. Plus, for every Bombas purchase, they donate a pair to someone in need. Find out more about what your feet are currently daydreaming about at bombas.com slash locked today and get 20% off at bombas.com slash locked. We had a very busy day at practice today, and we're going to start off with some news because there is plenty of it across the Dolphins landscape. First, Dolphins legendary linebacker, the star of earlier in the spring's HBO sports documentary special, Nick Bonaconti, he passed away at the age of 78. The flags at Dolphins headquarters were appropriately flown at half staff. Dwayne Allen came off the PUP to practice on Wednesday. He was out there for individual drills. Stone Wilson, the punter, he's been waived, so Matt Hawk it is. Albert Wilson continues to work in individual drills, but he's going to the side to get conditioning in during team drills. Today, he was doing some shadow boxing. Kiko Alonso and Kalen Balaj both were held out of practice on Wednesday. Jakeem Grant left Wednesday's practice, but he did return after an undisclosed injury. And the message of today's practice, and really of the entire training camp so far, has been about teaching. And we've talked about the short team periods with plenty of individual drills built inside of those team periods. And today we got a pretty good look at some of the ideas and concepts and types of schemes the Dolphins want to run both on the offensive and defensive side. And it looks like Steven Ross is going to get his wish and get his Patriot South type of team because this defense has a lot of those looks we talked about all offseason long. And the same story is true on the offense. You guys can find these articles up on LockedOnDolphins.com written by myself with Chad O'Shea and the Patriots offense written by myself and Kevin Dern with the Patriots defense up on LockedOnDolphins.com. And the purpose of these types of practices with all these individual drills 
They really serve two purposes. One, it improves technique, and two, it provides the team with a conditioning apparatus. This team wants to be the toughest, most physical, and best conditioned team in the NFL, so they continue to get themselves in position where they can constantly work on improving their breathing and their conditioning, as well as focusing on those fundamentals while they are tired because there is no better way to drill fundamentals than when you're tired. It reminds me of basketball when you run those suicides up and down, up and down, up and down, and then you come back and shoot free throws. It's basically the same idea. On the offensive line, Dave DeGuglielmo has a different intensity about him than what Pat Flaherty did. They focused all day long on these combination blocks and they needed it because the defensive line threw tons of stunts and slants and twists at them. And we'll get to more on that here in just a minute. But the intensity of these practices with rapid repetition, I was told by a media member that one lineman lost 15 pounds in water weight on Tuesday's practice. So these guys are getting after it. And one of the drills on the offensive line saw these offensive linemen shooting their hands and then slowly working laterally, maintaining a wide base in what looks like an outside zone simulation. But again, the running game has been very multiple as has been the entirety of this Dolphins program through six days of practice. This practice was a lot sharper than the previous two showings, fewer balls on the ground, a lot of creativity and playmaking from either unit, and an effective install throughout the course of the day for a small crowd down in Davie. Now, let's go ahead and jump to the quarterback position, and really since the pads came on, Ryan Fitzpatrick hasn't been the best version of himself, even though he says that he feels as comfortable with his own abilities and where he's at right now than he ever has in his career. He had three picks. He fumbled a snap. He was inaccurate on some throws, but I do wonder if some of the aggressiveness in his game maybe come comes from the idea that let's go ahead and try some things and try to let things rip because watching him in the pre-team drill portion of practice, he was really cutting things loose. And I even tweeted out that his arm looked more live in those warmups than it had previously, but still the mistakes were apparent. He even got pulled one on one particular possession because he threw a pick and they brought Jake Rudock in to play some first team quarterback. But two of the best moments of the day, once again, were Fitzpatrick being the first guy out on the field, a solid 20, 25 minutes before practice. Rosen, again, was the last guy out there. And maybe he's being held in for meetings. Who knows what it could be? But either way, we know the story is that Rosen is not out there and Fitzpatrick is. But the other great moment was when Fitzpatrick led Kenyon Drake down the field when he reversed field as the point man through an escort of blockers getting up the field. Fitzpatrick runs down there and acts like he's going to lay a block, but luckily the defense heated to the red shirt. And for the first time all camp, I think Josh Rosen was decidedly the best quarterback on the field with a clear margin. Like Fitzpatrick, he was more aggressive than normal, though he did settle for a couple of checkdowns in the seven-on-seven portions and in the team periods where you hope that maybe he can go more aggressively down the field. He's taking it safe, and I want to see him be more aggressive, but he was today more aggressive than he has been in the past, and he did complete several chunk throws on some dig routes, some comebacks, and he looked sharp on throwing those balls with a lot of zip and in the one-on-one drills they were throwing deep balls from further back from the 40-yard line chucking the ball about 50 yards in the air and Rosen dropped a pair of beautiful throws in that drill so he looked a lot better there was an interesting powwow again as the quarterbacks came to the near field while the rest of the team drilled on the far field and as we talked about with the Patriots scheme and coaching staff and the way their structure is set up 
Josh McDaniels was the one that took care of Tom Brady, got the starting quarterback ready to play, and Jerry Shaplinski, the assistance quarterbacks coach, he was always developing the younger guys like Jacoby Brissett, like Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, during that powwow, they broke off and Ryan Fitzpatrick and Chad O'Shea had one of those walk-in talks where they were getting detail and information back and forth from each other, and Shaplinski stayed behind and coached up Rosen and Rudock. So maybe that same dynamic exists here with the Dolphins. And part of the reason the quarterbacks have struggled the last several days in practice, and we'll go ahead and say the group as cumulatively together struggled in the practice on Wednesday. A reason for that is stout defensive play, and we saw plenty of that on Wednesday. We're going to come back on the other side of the podcast and discuss the defense. But first, this episode of the Locked On Dolphins podcast is brought to you by Five Star Painting, a neighborly company. Five Star Painting is looking for new owners to join their growing company. Could this be the perfect opportunity for you? Are you driven? Do you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur? If you're interested in running your own business, text Five Star to 87,000 right now to learn more. Choosing to start your business with Five Star Painting means setting yourself up for success by surrounding yourself with the best in the business and the best at the business. With five-star painting, you'll be your own boss, pick your own territory, set your own hours, and live a better quality of life running a business that you can be proud of. You'll have access to the best resources to help you scale your landscape business to meet your personal and professional goals, and you'll go home every day with the satisfaction of helping your customers enhance and maintain the beauty of their homes. As a five-star painting owner, you'll also be part of the great Neighborly community of home service brands. Neighborly has empowered more than 3,700 entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams and goals through local business ownership. No one knows the home service industry better than Neighborly. Every year, nearly 1 million customers are proudly served by one of Neighborly's 22 award-winning brands, some of which include Mosquito Joe, Molly Maid, Glass Doctor, and Mr. Rooter. As a self-employed contractor myself, I can tell you guys nothing is better than being your own boss and setting the own hours. It was the best decision I've ever made. And whether you're thinking about starting your own business or you're already running your own painting company, text 5STAR to 87000 to learn more about how a 5-star painting franchise can help you get where you want to go faster than going at it alone. Again, text 5STAR, that's F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R to 87000 to learn more about the neighborly brands that may be available in your area. And we thank Five Star and the Neighborly Program for sponsoring the Locked On Dolphins podcast. And the Dolphins were definitely getting their work in on Wednesday afternoon with plenty of sweat, blood, and tears being shed on that practice field. These guys are working at a rampant pace and guys are getting into shape and condition like never before seen with plenty of work. I've been told it's night and day compared to an Adam Gase practice in Adam Gase training camp. And a lot of that has to do with the defense actually having more improved schemes and things that better suit their players. And Jerome Baker has been at the forefront of that. He continues to stand over the ball and direct the defense as the signal caller of the defense. He is rerouting guys. He's playing coverage. He's blitzing the A-gaps and rushing the edge. And he's doing well in all of those areas. Now, on Wednesday, I tweeted out something about the Dolphins showing some new looks. And part of that was Jerome Baker and Andrew Van Ginkle showing a variety of pressure packages, including standing up in the A-gaps, 
one of those Mike Zimmer staples where you want to bring linebackers down into the A-gap and force pressure up the interior. That's what this defense is going to do, guys. They're going to have stout interior defensive line play. They're going to show pressure off the edge, up the middle, and find ways to get after the quarterback by sending bodies and hopefully playing strong coverage on the outside. And based upon what I've seen so far, it's going to work. And we'll talk more about that here in just one second. But Andrew Van Ginkle has been a mainstay in those packages, maybe because Kiko Alonso's hurt, but I tend to think it's because, well, he's damn good at doing it. And they have some of those amoeba looks where the defensive line stands up. It's all these Patriots concepts we've been talking about all offseason long. That's what you're going to get. If you can't come down to training camp, check out some Patriots games on the All-22 Game Pass and you'll see it for yourself. And another one of the adaptations of this defense is Sam Egwavon working tirelessly in coverage, even dropping down the pipe in what looks like a Tampa 2 where you have cover two safeties and your linebacker roaming the middle of the field. Now we've seen that with Kiko Alonso before, but gone are the days of Alonso just standing there covering grass and arriving are the days of specialists that can cover and recognize route concepts and pick up bodies as they cross into your zone area and actually cover someone opposed to covering grass. This defense looks so much better in terms of its scheme involvement and the coaching they're getting and the actual the actual sense they're making of what they're doing on defense and at linebacker play, these guys are really knocking it out of the park right now. I think this linebacker group might be the best unit on the entire football team. And that continues with Raekwon McMillan, who is also working on second team more than he is first team. But as Coach Flores said in a press conference last week, I think it was that the coaching staff is playing a little bit of a mind game on some of these guys being dropped down to the second team and working with the second team. And McMillan just has to be one of those guys because you watch him flow downhill and work in the run game. He is as explosive and as electric as ever. Now he will get caught in coverage sometimes, but that's just the player he is. We know that. On the defensive line up front, I am just as encouraged up there, mainly on the interior, but on the outside today, Charles Harris had his best day of camp. The Dolphins were incorporating multiple different looks, and that includes some fun tandems and techniques that would provide some stunts or dummy stunts where the edge fakes a rush and then or fakes the loop on the inside and then goes back to the outside shoulder of the tackle and gets upfield that way. Charles Harris was in the backfield all day long. He's still inconsistent holding the point of attack in the running game, but if he can provide that pass rush off the edge in your even fronts, then you've got a win right there in that player. And Tank Carradine is another guy fulfilling that role. He's having a marvelous camp, working with the first team in those even fronts, and he's doing more than just holding the edge in the ground game like we expected. He's adding some pass rush off the edge as well. And in addition to the linebackers being one of the focal points for why I think this defense can work immediately is because the interior defensive line, who's not getting enough credit so far from other outlets I've seen. Devon Godshaw, Vincent Taylor, Akeem Spence, and Adolphus Washington have all been exceptional this camp, and they're likely the secondary cause of the offensive line shuffling, the primary one, of course, being Dave DeGugliamo taking over, but all four of these guys are creating push. They're walking the offensive line back and clogging up lanes in the running game and creating space for these linebackers to make plays, and if this group sustains that level of play, with as good as these linebackers have been, I think you're looking at the best front seven this Dolphins team has had in a long time. And I know it hasn't been good in recent years, but I think they can return to at least being in the top half of the league with the overall production of the front seven. And I know it hasn't been good in years, but I think it's returning to that level here sooner rather than later. 
Other guys getting some work on the defensive line. Jonathan Ledbetter, his strong camp is continuing and was rewarded with some first team action on Wednesday. He's had some interesting alignments in tandem with Charles Harris. We'll come back to that later in the podcast. Christian Wilkins hasn't been as impactful as you might hope. Not that he's been bad, but the focus appears on getting him ready both from a conditioning standpoint and acclimated to the many roles he's going to play. He's lined up everywhere on this defensive line and he's going to get a massive workload. And Nate Orchard, had a really good day on Wednesday. I thought he was playing himself out of a job, but he might have got back into the good graces with a constant pass rush on Wednesday. The defensive backs, Xavier Howard, two more picks, mid-season form. He is an all-pro. And joining him might be one of the most important players on this entire roster. Eric Rowe, he can serve this team well in one of two ways. One, he plays well, gets a contract, and we're good at cornerback at the top three spots for a long time. Or number two, he does play well and signs a big contract elsewhere and brings you back a compensatory pick, but he has been physical at the catch point. He's been taking on these bigger bodied receivers like Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, who have both been good in their own right. He probably leads the defense in pass breakups. He had two more today. He's showing these mirror and bail techniques that are being asked of him and he's consistently winning in those matchups. Now, the second part of the secondary, the second tier, I should say, had a much better day as well. Nick Needham, the rookie from UTEP, he got his hands on two footballs, and that includes an impressive, instinctive rep, which is what he does, where he read a comeback route and undercut the ball to break it up. Jalen Davis saw some run on the outside and handled that duty pretty well, albeit on the third team. And Cornell Armstrong, he struggled today. And Jamal Wiltz, he's been picked on pretty regularly throughout camp. I think that his hot spring might be coming to an end here this summer. TJ McDonald, the safety, has been off to a fantastic start. He had an interception in the red zone drills, and what it was was the result of him playing the same role he's been playing all camp, down around the line of scrimmage, lurking back, looking for the backs in the flat, buzzing back into the hook zone, and he jumps the backside crossing pattern for a pick. He's a guy that can have an impact in that role, and Bobby McCain is showing a better comfort level for his role in the middle of the field. He drove on a dig route from Devontae Parker and broke that ball up. I think he's done well to head off potential deep shots down the seam as well. And lastly, Tor McTire. He's having a rough camp so far. He has been beat deep several times in the one-on-one drills and some team drills as well. At wide receiver, now this was one of the more interesting parts of practice to me was the install portion of this practice. And if you go over to the Rams with Sean McVay, he befuddles coordinators by getting everything in tight and condensing stuff in tight to the formation. And the Dolphins might look to do the same thing. Essentially, what Cooper Cup does playing in tight to the line of scrimmage in what's called a nasty split, essentially a tight end, you create an extra gap in the run game that the defense has to account for, and then you can hit them with routes. Well, the Dolphins look to be doing the exact same thing by using that tight in-slot receiver, but also stacking that tight slot receiver with a second receiver inside, and then the third receiver in these three-by-one sets is going to be inside the numbers, so everything is in tight, and you give them more room to operate with two two-way goes across the entire formation, and the tight end is on the boundary side of the formation in a one-on-one matchup over there. They're doing this thing called stacking and switching, where you have these stack receivers, a very prevalent thing in that Patriots offense, and you lead up field with two guys basically following each other, and they're going to switch at the last minute, and that can identify man and zone coverage. I think this offense makes a lot more sense than it has previously under Adam Gase, and Devontae Parker has been the guy that really has shined among all of it. He's not losing any speed or burst throughout camp, a result of better health and better conditioning, perhaps. 
There's been a lot of drops in camp, but it hasn't been Parker. He's effectively stacking guys, and he's winning on a variety of routes, and he's developed a chemistry with Ryan Fitzpatrick that just looks very apparent. The timing and then possession-like traits for Devontae Parker are syncing up nicely. And although Albert Wilson has been held out of team drills, he looked a little more urgent in his individual work today, and he ran a pivot route that looked as explosive as ever. I wonder when he'll get back. It might not be for a couple more weeks, but he does look to be on the right track. And also on the right track to making this team is Preston Williams, who I'm pretty sure is making this team. Between the first team inclusion, the red zone prowess, and his work as a gunner on special teams, he's enduring a large workload for a reason. And the same could be said of fellow undrafted free agent, Trenton Irwin. He had a great moment at camp where he was fielding punts off the jugs machine before practice, and he caught four balls, all kept them in his hands. And then the fifth one came down and he threw a ball up in the air, Caught the fifth punt, and the fourth ball came back down, and he secured that one too. He's a fun player to watch, and he's getting plenty of work in his own right. Okay, we're going to come back and wrap this thing up. We have a lot more content to get to. We'll do that next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, at Wingfield NFL, at Locked On Fins. So we talked about Googe at the top of the show and the improvements along the offensive line, at least as far as the way they are taught and the drills they are running. They are running multiple different types of concepts with the footwork and the hand placement. Everything they do has a purpose. And one of the weird experiments has been Will Holden, the new addition from the Cardinals. He's been on the first team the last two days, including today, and he was beaten like a drum all day long. The other starting guard with him was Shaq Calhoun, but he also struggled against guys like Devon Godshaw, Vincent Taylor. But then again, everybody has kind of struggled with those guys. I wonder if they're trying to get more motivation out of guys like Chris Reed on the interior. Jesse Davis at right tackle, he's been pretty good. He got beat for a sack today. The snap issues from the center position continued to struggle. And Michael Dieter, the left guard, I think he's getting better and better each day. He executed a drive block on Sam Aguavin that took the linebacker five, six, seven yards down the field. Isaiah Prince got some run on the second team. He looked formidable in the ground game, and that is his forte. I think it's pretty clear to me who the top five or six guys are. Just roll with Tunzel, Dieter, Kilgore, Reed, and Davis because we know that Pat Flaherty said Michael Dieter had a long way to go. Apparently that was hogwash. I'd rather have him in the lineup right now than Jordan Mills. So I'm reneging on that idea I had to start Jordan Mills. Give me back to my original point. Tunzel, Dieter, Kilgore, Reed, Davis. Just do it. And no more Will Holden, please. That experiment lasted way too long. The tight end position, Dwayne Allen came back today and he just looks different than the rest of this group. He is thick built up and he was involved in the passing game at least in the individual drills and he might get some more run at that spot than you originally thought because that's who he was back in Clemson that's who he was his first year in Indianapolis and then he got to New England and became strictly an inline blocker we'll see about that going forward a guy doing both things as well is Nick O'Leary he was fantastic on Wednesday multiple catches in the team period and that includes a nice pluck down the hash marks on the middle of the field over the top of a linebacker. Mike Kosicki and Durham Smythe, they were both pretty quiet on the day, and Clive Walford did not play. He was one of the injury guys on the list today that didn't practice, and that probably spells the end of his homecoming because it's been a tough camp. There's a numbers game at the position. I just don't see how he makes the roster. He should be cut sometime in the near future. At the running back position, nope, Kalen Balaj, he was out. Kenyon Drake is far and away the best guy on the field when that's the case, and he had some very nice runs through some decent-sized holes, showed 
showed some wiggle, had that nice bend back run where he reversed field. But the next guy up that might be on this list could be Patrick Laird, the Cal undrafted rookie. You know that scheme the Patriots run where they're going to flex a running back out wide and have them just take the easy five-yard hitch and take a second and five? They do that as well as anybody else in the NFL. It's on the quarterback to identify it, get the motion out there, get that linebacker in coverage in what might be your 12 personnel or your 21 personnel. Motion the back out wide, throw them a five-yard hitch, call it second and five. That is a win for the offense. And that's kind of what Patrick Laird has been doing in this offense so far. Mark Walton found the edge on a nice run. And Miles Gaskin had some good work both in the passing game and pass protection. But all things told, I think the depth behind Drake and Balazs is kind of lacking. We'll see where they go with that position going forward. It certainly bears watching. And I want to see these guys get work in games because that's the best way to judge a running back. You can't really tell in these practices how effective the running is because sometimes they're tagging off. Sometimes it's not full live speed and there's not going to be hitting on that running back. So I mentioned off the top of the show, the Dolphins defense was doing all kinds of stuff, throwing the kitchen sink at the offense with a lot of those stunts and dummy stunts. And one of those cool things was Charles Harris lined up out wide as a seven tech and they had Jonathan Ledbetter as a five tech. So basically you're leaving the nose, the interior defensive line unoccupied. And this is a very Patriots thing. They ran it all the time last year and you're going to leave that part of the offensive line uncovered and probably more so in third and long situations. And they would stunt Ledbetter and Harris and Harris is pretty pretty valuable as far as coming down on the inside. We saw him work as a nickel interior rusher in his rookie season. He could get some run that way, although throughout most of camp so far, he has been almost exclusively a three-point stance edge rusher on this defensive line, but they ran that stunt technique. They had Joey Embu with Akeem Spence running some stunts inside, Andrew Van Ginkle and Tank Carradine working together on some stunts, and the offensive line worked on combination blocks all day long. It was pretty clear to me that that was the main focus of the day in the trenches, getting combination blocks, getting stunts, dealing with A-gap pressure, showing kind all kinds of blitzes, showing all kinds of looks where you're going to show pressure and bail out. It just gives the offensive line so much to think about. And I think that the defense can one, be successful in that way. And two, it can get this offensive line prepared from the mental standpoint. And that's why I want to see them go with the same five guys and develop that continuity into the preseason and into the regular season. Couple more notes from the practice, then we'll go ahead and get out of here. The Dolphins worked heavily on the screen game as well. Seems to be a big emphasis, a big area of weakness for both the offense and defense going multiple years back now. They were doing some retracing drills where they would screen the ball out there and they have the defensive line chase after them 10, 15, 20 yards down the field. Again, more conditioning built into technique and fundamentals. They were operating some nice run fits with the linebackers, the strong side linebacker coming down and filling with the backside linebacker rotating like weak side zone in basketball you might see where you have to fill the vacated area. There's still no dime defense out there yet, but I'm assuming that's going to come in the near future. They also ran a lot of fake punts at the end of practice and fake field goals with Matt Hawk and Jason Sanders combining to throw the ball and run the ball. We'll see if they actually employ that in the season, but it was kind of fun to see regardless. And that's it. That was a fast fire hose type episode. I apologize if I spoke too fast, but there was so much information to get out. We've got two more days of practice. We've got the scrimmage on Saturday. I'll be there for all of it. So keep it locked here on Locked on Dolphins. And Dan, Dan from practice, thank you so much for lunch today. I really appreciate that. And I appreciate your support. We're getting closer and closer to 10,000 follows on Twitter. I set that goal back in the summer. We've come about 2,000 followers since then. So if you don't follow me already, go ahead and do so on Twitter and get that 
milestone locked up for me. Let's go ahead and close this podcast up by reminding you guys to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at WingfieldNFL. You can follow the show. It's at LockedOnFins. And check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. You can check out the website at LockedOnDolphins.com for the daily journal. Keep it locked there. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Fins up. Yeah, I'm making it rain, nigga. But I was just on a plane, nigga.